Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 63. And today we're going to take a look at the book. I think it's called Isaiah or Isaiah, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Here in the states, we pronounce it Isaiah, but over in the UK and in India, they pronounce it Isaiah. So it's really interesting. Whatever way floats your boat, that's wonderful. But first of all, let me give a big shout out to my listeners. So a big shout out to California, Texas, and Connecticut in terms of countries, the United States, and Brazil. Good to see you, Brazil. Thank you so much for joining us. So I'm going to be reading Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, and I'm going to be reading from the NIV version, which is the New International Version. So let's go ahead and take a look at this one. It says, "Forget the former things; do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing." Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. These are very beautiful verses. Let's take a look at this. The first line I think is wonderful just in itself. It says forget the former things. So whenever we give our life to Christ, it technically is one of the requirements to to asking God to come into your heart to forget the former things because if you keep bringing up your sin, your disappointments, your failure, your failures to God, especially in prayer or just in everyday life, then you're not forgetting the former things. You're bringing them with you into your new relationship with Christ Jesus, which is not appropriate. And you know, it's not appropriate because God loves you. He wants to do something new in your life, but if you keep bringing this baggage with you all the time, It makes it very difficult for God to help you and to bless you. It doesn't mean that he can't. It just means that, you know, you're not focused on the right thing. It goes on to say, "Do not dwell on the past." You know, this reminds me of people that get divorced because I've been on a few dates with some guys that have that have gotten divorced. It's kind of 50-50 chance of whether or not the date's going to go well because you know, I'm from Oklahoma and here in Oklahoma, the divorce rate I think is like almost 50% here. So needless to say most of the people my age when they're single and I'm 38 years old when they're single they're already divorced and have kids if not been married a couple times. And it almost always ruins the date because I don't want to hear about their ex. I don't even really want to hear about their kids and I don't mean that disrespectfully to children I love children but when I go on a date with somebody I want to hear about them. I want to get to know the person. I'm not dating their kid. I'm not dating their kids. where they're plural or single single and I'm not dating their their ex but the mistake that divorce people make is they bring all this garbage and this baggage into a new relationship it's like forget the former things do not dwell on the past and you might be saying well Leslie that's kind of difficult for divorce people actually it's not and if i just ruffled your feathers i don't care because if you read god's holy word nothing should be ruffling your feathers You should be forgetting the former things and do not dwell on the past. Just because you still have to deal with an ex because you had a kid together, that doesn't give you permission to focus on all the things that you can't stand. It's just the opposite. As believers in Christ Jesus, we're not supposed to focus on the former things and we're not supposed to dwell on the past. It doesn't lead to happiness. God wants us to be happy, so do not dwell on the past and forget the former things. Move on to something new and wonderful. Focus on what makes you happy. As long as it's legal and moral, God's fine, you know, God is fine with it. Cuz I look at it this way, everything I do has to be legal and moral. And I say that because just because something is legal does not mean it's moral. You know, just like how 
abortion in some states, it's legal, but it's not moral. And then homosexual marriage, it's legal, but it's not moral. God is very much against homosexuality. He doesn't hate the person. He hates the sin. So just recognize that right there. It goes on to say, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I think this is very telling of just how much God loves us. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. You know, whenever we, we turn away from the past, that's when God can do a new thing. But if we are continuously going through our baggage and just making our life a trash heap of our past, then we're never going to have anything new and it makes it very difficult for God to bless us when that is what God wants us when that is what God wants to do excuse me he wants to bless us and bless us every day of our life it says see I'm doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it you know it's very important to recognize when God is blessing you i think this is one of the biggest mistakes that atheists and agnostics make they do not honor God for the most part they do not um recognize that God is real and that he loves them and because they don't acknowledge God and they don't honor him or respect him then they do not perceive or understand how God is blessing them because if you don't think you're blessed then you're going to be living a totally different lifestyle than someone who knows their than someone that knows they're blessed and knows that God loves them there's a difference like i meet atheists and agnostics and I think it's very sad how much they don't know about their heavenly father. I think it's very sad because I think if they knew just how much he loves them, they wouldn't be atheists and they would not be agnostic. Like there was one guy that you know reached out to me online recently and said, "Hey, and it's like a dating app or something." But he said, "Well, I asked him a question because he he either listed himself as atheist or agnostic, I can't remember what." And I asked him I said, "You know, what were you raised or what what does your religion mean to you?" Like, can you describe your lifestyle? Can you describe, you know, where you stand on some things? You know, just basic dating questions, right? He said that he attends the church of nothing. And I just thought, "Wow. That is sad." And then he said something to the effect of I believe in the religion of I don't know. I think that's how he worded it. And I knew I knew he was being honest about it. I wasn't offended. I just felt sorry for him. I felt really sorry for him because you know thinking that you're nothing and you're just a bunch of cells is not what God wants for you at all. Like he 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 made you. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Like that's how important you are to God. And this guy, he doesn't have a clue. And that's really sad. Cuz you know, it kind of reminds me of how like you know, whenever atheists and agnostics they don't really know about God at all or may not even believe in him. You know, they practice the religion of I don't know or the religion of nothingness. You know, that's kind of like you know, your parents naming you at birth. But then you don't know your name later in time so then you feel like you don't have a place in society because you don't know your name anymore. So then you don't know what family you're in. That's where atheists and agnostics are every day. Like they don't really know what family they're in. But they are called to believe to be believers in Christ Jesus. They are called to God's holy family.
And that's not, you know, theology or, or religiosity. That's just a fact. Because the entire Bible is a love letter to mankind. It's a love letter from God to us, letting us know that he loves us very much. That's basically what the Bible is. And I think that when people turn down love like that, I think they're a little crazy. I think they're I think they're lost because technically if they don't have Jesus, they are lost. Now, I'm not saying they're going to hell because we're not in charge of that. God determines that. And then also the people however someone lives their life, that determines where they go and they die. But what's interesting here is that God is speaking to all of us in this. It says, "Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it?" So, whenever you have people that do not understand the blessing of God and the blessing of Abraham, they don't perceive the good things in life and that that the good things of life actually come from above. It's actually coming to us from our heavenly Father to bless us. to make sure that we are happy and that that we are enjoying our life. It goes on to say, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. This reminds me of the Israelites when they were freed from the evil grip of Pharaoh in the Old Testament. You know, they wandered through the desert for for 40 years, and that entire time God provided for them. He provided food, water, shelter, clothing, all of it. for 40 years in a desert. Now these days, I don't think we understand what a desert means because we tend to think of a desert as like maybe going to a spa in Arizona or somewhere. Well, that's not what this is talking about. When it's talking about making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Deserts way back in biblical times were known as a place to exile people. What's interesting is that the Israelites, they were freed from slavery. But it was almost like they were exiled in the desert until they came into the promised land. But even while they were going through the desert and did not always have a positive time because they turned their back on God several times, even so, God made a way for them in the desert. He provided for them. He provided food, water, and shelter. Also, he provided streams in the wasteland. Do you know of very many rivers that just... randomly appear in the desert and food that just appears right in front of you out in the desert and it's not a mirage it's real God provided for his people even when they were in the desert what i get out of these verses is that even if we are in a desert even or even if we are in a wasteland God will provide for us no matter what but we have to give him a chance to do so because if we continuously think that God isn't real, he's not for us, he's against us, then guess what? You know, you're going to get exactly what what you believe. Because whatever you believe in will come to pass. So believe in the truth, like believe in the goodness of God. Believe that he loves you. Give your life to Christ. Repent of your former ways, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. move forward and whenever you are in a desert just know that you're not stuck there god is getting you out of that situation but while you are getting out of that situation god will provide for you each and every day of your life that's why 
whenever we're dealing with with hardships, we're not supposed to just go, "Oh, well, this is how life is. This is a, fing- a fickle finger of fate. This is God punishing me." That's not true at all. There is no such thing as the fickle finger of fate. And whenever tough times happen, it's not God punishing you. It's it's just life. If anything, whenever tough stuff happens, that's the enemy attacking you. That's not God. God is love. The devil is hate. It literally is that simple. Like whenever you are coming under attack, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, or mental, whatever the case may be, recognize that that is the enemy attacking you. Because he knows that God is about to bless you with something. He knows that you're walking in the right direction and he doesn't want you to believe in the goodness of God because the devil knows that if we believe in the goodness of God, we are not going to believe in the devil's lies. So don't believe a lie, believe in the truth and the truth comes from God. And the reason why the truth comes from God is because God is the only one that promises us true freedom. Because it is only when we are believers in Christ Jesus that we actually do have freedom. Anything outside of God, anything outside of holiness is entrapment and slavery. That's basically what sin does. It entraps us and it enslaves us to, you know, poor decision making, bad lifestyle choices, maybe watching stuff that's not appropriate like especially pornography, you know, maybe dating the wrong people, marrying the wrong kind of person. you're working at a job or you're not respected and you know that God wants you to do something else with your life, you know things like that. You know God wants to walk with us every day of our life. It's not just at church. You know when I was younger I knew that God was everywhere because he's God, right? But I thought that I only really needed a relationship with God when I was at church, not outside of church because for the most part My life was a living hell outside of church. So I didn't think God really existed outside of church. I just kind of felt alone and like I was floundering. Like I wasn't really having much success of anything outside of church. And the reason why I was not having much success outside of church was because I wasn't growing in my faith in church. I was attending a bad church. Now mind you, a little bit of my history if you haven't heard this podcast before, I was raised in a cult. And then I stupidly in my 20s converted to a different religion, to a different cult. I got out of both cults and I rededicated my life to Christ and now I am in a way better church. I am in a way better situation and I have been just abundantly blessed ever since then. See, it's one of those things that, you know, you can know God's word and you can believe in God, but if you don't get away from evil, You're blocking the blessing of God in your life. Like I had to distance myself from bad people, you know, bad theologies, I had to distance myself from brainwashing. And I mean, it was really tough because as I've said before, I live in the Bible Belt. I live in Oklahoma. And you'd be surprised how many cults are here. And they're under kind of like mainstream names, you know? of certain, you know, denominations within the Christian faith, you know, they claim to be the church and they're not. Which I'm not going to go into all that in this podcast, but so the things that you need to go where you are spiritually being fed. Like I thought attending church was just something that you did. I didn't know that I could actually enjoy church, feel blessed at church. I just wasn't used to that. Every church I went to before rededicating my life to Christ, 
It was always shaming and blaming and condemnation. Like I never felt joy. Most of the time, the only time I felt happy was when I was walking out of the building. <laughs> so, which is really sad. Um, but it was like I was just happy to get away from from the the religiosity that was just browbeating me. And it's like you know I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't think anybody needs to be browbeaten. I think religion is is number one what you make of it, but number two. What does God want for you? And maybe that should be number one. What does God want for you? Well, He wants a relationship with you, and relationship is fellowship with God. That's what this verse is talking about. Actually, both of them, because technically He's speaking to all of us when He says, "Forget the former things; do not dwell on the past." He's actually giving us instruction here. So, instruction is a, is a form of communication, and this is very much wisdom. It says, "Forget the former things; do not dwell on the past." See, I'm doing a new thing. See, he's telling us what he's wanting to do and what he is doing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He's saying, "Hey, I'm doing all this stuff for you. Open your eyes. Open your eyes to the goodness of God." That's what he's saying. Open your eyes to, to to the blessings I am bestowing on you. That is what he's saying. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. He's basically saying, regardless of what occurs in your life. I will provide for you. I will guard you and protect you. Do not worry about this stuff. It's a nothing. If God be for you, who dare be against you? That's what this is talking about. That's why God's holy word is a love letter to the entire human race. What's very unfortunate is when people do not know that God loves them, and I think that's probably the biggest issue with atheists and agnostics is that they don't know at all. at all that God loves them if anything when they think about God or any kind of religion they think that God hates them he doesn't hate them he may hate their lifestyle and their choices but God is not a hater God doesn't hate his creation that's why i wish and i pray that atheists and agnostics give their life to Christ because you know what's interesting is you know atheists and agnostics They truly make some of the best Christians because they know what it's like to not have God in their life. They know what it's like to feel abandoned, to feel orphaned, and to feel alone. And they know what it feels like to just overwork yourself, like you're doing all this work because you're making up for the fact that that your heart is empty and possibly broken. But when you give your life to Christ. And you ask Jesus to come into your heart, make it brand new, forgive you of anything and everything that you've ever said or done, and that you want a relationship with your heavenly Father. Oh my goodness! The trumpets blast and blare in heaven. There is a chorus going on. There, there, there are beautiful hymns being sung. I mean, just beautiful music. And I don't just mean like organ type stuff or like cathedral stuff. I, I actually don't like that stuff anymore because I used to be Catholic, but. I'm saying that all of heaven rejoices with whenever a atheist or agnostic gives their life to Christ because they're like now they know the love of God. Now they are out of the clutches of the enemy, and now they are in the heavenly Father's arms, which is where they belong, because God has always loved His creation. And atheists and agnostics, they were created by God for God, meaning. All of us were created in God's image. That includes atheists and agnostics. The unfortunate thing about what atheists and agnostics believe in 
is that it encourages them to not give their life to Christ and then they feel abandoned and orphaned and they may not know what that feeling is like to name it but the way they live their life tells you they do not feel complete that's what that means to feel abandoned or orphaned well that's why in God's holy word especially in Genesis Exodus Leviticus sorry think it's in Exodus and Deuteronomy had to think There are several times that God speaks to Moses and to the Israelites and to Joshua as well and says, "I will not leave you nor forsake you. You are not an orphan." You know, just think about that. All of these people worship God, but yet he's telling them and they know him, they worship him. He's telling them You are not abandoned. I have not orphaned you. You are not an orphan. You are my sons and daughters. If God is saying that to his people back in the Old Testament times, then he is still saying that today in our time, in our day and age, because God's love is timeless. You cannot put a timeline or a time restriction on God, but the enemy likes us to think that well, You know, God only loves us for a short period of time or he only loves us if we do X Y Z. That's not true. That that's not the love of our heavenly Father to think that way. You know, God's love is like the ocean. It's endless. I mean, just just think about how many drops of water, I mean drops. Just imagine how many drops of water are in the ocean. Just the ocean. I'm not talking about the lakes, the tributaries or the rivers or the streams. I'm just talking about the oceans. technically plural there are millions if not billions of trillions of drops of water in our oceans that's how that's how ginormous our love I mean how to describe this that's how ginormous the love of our heavenly father is for you and for me it's endless it can never end but the enemy likes us to think well you know you shouldn't really believe in in Jesus you shouldn't believe in god you know you should just rely on science all the time you you, you should you should look at you know traveling to outer space and those things are great science and space are wonderful wonderful things they're wonderful endeavors because because god gave us those but what the enemy tries to do he tries to take things that god gave us can tries to convince us just to focus on those things as a way to dethrone God in our heart and our mind and in our soul so that way we worship whatever our attention is on that's why the enemy loves to distract us with all this stuff and i'm not against people you know going out into outer space or you know focusing on modern medicine because modern medicine is a gift to us from God i mean i know that to be true I mean it definitely is a gift. I mean just look at how many people's lives have been saved because of modern medicine. I mean just take like the COVID-19 vaccine. And I know there are some people that are against it, but I'm like, "Well, have you taken other vaccines? Like polio, measles, mumps, rubella? All vaccines save lives." They just do. There are some people that have bad reactions, but I mean you know that's that's rare. That's rare. Very rare. And here's the thing, modern medicine is not perfect, but each and every day we keep perfecting it. Like the medicine that we have today, 
was not even considered feasible back in the 90s, 80s, 70s, 1950s, 1920s, turn of the century. Like we have come so far and very quickly. I would say in terms of modern medicine, we have taken leaps and bounds since the invention of antibiotics in 19, I think it was 42 or 45 that antibiotics came out. We've done tremendous things with that. And then when the MRI machine was invented and started being used as a diagnostic tool in the 1980s, that that's amazing. Like things have really revved up and you know, we're doing a lot of good work in that. But see, here's the thing. God gave us modern medicine, but he didn't he did not bless us with modern medicine just so we could focus on ourselves and be like, "Well, I did that." Even though we do have researchers and scientists that yes, they focus and discover things, but or research and discover things, but you know, everything that is good is a gift from above. Those talents and skill sets that those scientists have, those aren't random. Those are God-given talents that he gave to individual people in order to help his creation, which is you and me. And it's a beautiful thing. So needless to say, if you've not been vaccinated for XYZ, whichever disease you want to call it, get vaccinated. Especially the these no-vaxers that don't think their kids need to be vaccinated. My goodness, children are walking petri dishes of disease. And I love children, but my goodness, they hack and sneeze and slobber on everything. It's just gross. You know, it's just weird. I'm like, do we really want childhood diseases to be taking the lives of our children like it did in the early 1900s? Like I think people have forgotten that, you know, there were childhood epidemics, meaning a lot of children died before the age of like 3 or 4 if they survived childbirth. So let's not go back in time, let's go forward. I would venture to say that we should walk forward with Christ because even Jesus, I mean, how do I describe this? I'm not quite sure how to say this. I look at it this way. What's the point of believing in Jesus when he raised Lazarus from the dead and then not believe in getting vaccinated? You know what I don't understand about some Christians and I'm not trying to dog on by any means but some Christians are really stupid. They think that well Jesus is going to cure everything. So I'm not going to get vaccinated for anything. I'm never going to go to the hospital. I'm like, "Wow. Are you kidding me? Like Jesus is trying to bless you. He knows that we live in a fallen world. He knows that our life is temporary and the way that Jesus blesses us especially in regards to our health is with doctors, hospitals, modern medicine, you know, diagnostic testing, whatever the case may be. But if you just think, well, no, God's going to heal me and I'm just going to stay at home in my bunker and and read my Bible. That's not what the Bible says to do at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm not saying don't ever go to a doctor or only go to a doctor. I'm saying you need to combine the two. God gave us modern medicine like that's a gift to us from God. Can God, you know, miraculously heal you? Excuse me. Yes, he can. 
But don't turn down a blessing that God has given you. And I think that's very unfortunate when Christians do that. Sometimes Christians are the stupidest patients. And I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again believer in Christ Jesus. But I know better than to not go to the hospital. I know better than to not take my medicine. Because if a doctor has diagnosed me, diagnosed me with something and, he's, and they have prescribed me a medicine, I know that God is trying to bless me to get well. And there have been times that I, I did not have access to medicine. I did not have access to doctors. So the only thing that I could rely on was my Heavenly Father, and he healed me. But there are times that God expects us to do our part and just go to the emergency room. I mean, it really is that simple. So if there are no vaxxers listening to this podcast, I've probably just irritated you. But I'm telling you that Jesus believes in modern medicine. Because modern medicine is a gift to us from our Heavenly Father, and that's Jesus' Father. So why are you denying God the privilege and the honor to bless you with a long, wonderful life and healing? Healing can come to us in so many ways. It doesn't have to be a life and death situation every single, every single time we get sick. And it shouldn't be like that. See, because when you walk in the blessing of Abraham, it's not going to be life and death every day. You're going to be blessed every day. That doesn't mean that calamity or, or catastrophe won't try and, and invade your house or something. But, you know, you need to have your shields, shields up, basically. You need to have the armor of Christ on. But if you're one of these stupid, defiant Christians, you're just making your life worse, not better. So don't be defiant. Acknowledge the blessing of God. Which is the reason why I think atheists and agnostics, when, when they get born again and they give their life to Christ... They make some of the nicest, most pleasant, most wonderful Christians because, first of all, they understand the importance of modern medicine. But then you couple that with their, their new life and their new beginning in Christ Jesus and, the, and their faith walk with God. They, they are some of the first to acknowledge that God wants us well. He doesn't want us to suffer. Like He doesn't want us to feel like we're cursed every day. I mean, what a life of hell that would be. We're not supposed to have hell on earth. We're supposed to have heaven on earth. As, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that means. So if anything, I say God bless atheists and agnostics. I pray that they all convert and become Christian believers because, as I've said before, they're some of the nicest and also some of the funniest people I've ever met. So God bless them. I love them very much. But I will go ahead and end this podcast But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
small and fragile sphere Hang on every word Yet no one hears us speak So it's only left to ask It's changed too great a task From the smallest depths Waves transform the earth Thank you.